short version is uh, they played well and we played very poorly. That was as bare bones as you can boil it down to. But as poorly as we played, we still had some really good individual performances. I thought Makai Bernard was a big bright spot on offense. Rushed for nearly 150 yards. It was insane. Average per carry over 12 yards a carry. He had 12 carries total and was over 12 yards a carry. Added four catches to that for another 15 or 20 yards. So he was a big part of the offense. I thought Bam Olaseni, even though he didn't start, he came in and gave us really good reps and played some of his best football at left tackle. So those were two really bright spots on offense. All Utes, all the time. This is your Ute Preview Show with Hanson Scotty on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hanson Scotty, 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network just after the 12 o'clock hour as we bring you your Ute Preview Show. Nothing but Utah football for the next two hours. Are you ready to get into some of this? Because I'm excited about this, and I made the mistake of <laughs> – giving people a 10.05 tease, and then they've now waited till 12.10. Uh, you're, typically, you don't tease two hours out, and I apologize for that. For everybody that's been patiently waiting for the last two hours. But we've been very busy throughout the beginning parts of the show, and I haven't had a chance. And I did want to kind of save this for the Utah preview show, but, Scotty, I've spent a lot of time this morning with San Diego State Film. In fact, so much this morning that when we had our opening segment, I looked at you and said, how are we doing? Because <laughs> I, I just had been working so much on trying to figure out what San Diego State is going to attempt to do. And let me start by saying you're 100% right. San Diego State is a very good team, well-coached, disciplined, hard-nosed team. And they got good talent, too. I think they got good talent. They've got a really good running back. They've got a quarterback that can move around a little bit. But they've got good talent. But that talent plays extremely physical in all phases of the game. If you're a Utah fan out there and you're wanting to get a better feel for this San Diego State team that you're going to see, I tweeted out, I think, six videos this morning. Uh, four offensive videos, one defensive video, and then a special teams video. And all of them show what San Diego State is capable of. San Diego State's going to focus on the run. Scotty, you know that. They had, a 300, they had 310 yards on the ground against Arizona. 310 yards. Gets the Pac-12 team. Yeah. 310 yards for anybody's pretty good. But 310 yards against the Pac-12 team tells you that San Diego State has the ability to run. And... When you're really looking at the run, I would say the, 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 the best, or at least it looks to be the best player on the offensive side of the ball, is their running back. Yeah. Greg Bell, he had 130 yards against Arizona. He is um, a little bit lengthy. He's very shifty. The, the touchdown that I highlighted on the film breakdown that I sent out, you'll see he broke two tackles. He read the cutback lane, made a really nice cut on the cutback lane, and he's getting work done. So right out of the gates, I can tell you that San Diego State is going to be a challenge for the University of Utah. Oh, there's no doubt. No doubt. Uh, both On both sides of the ball, too. Oh, yeah. All three. Yeah. So the special teams play that I tweeted out 
is a blocked punt for a touchdown. You see San Diego State brings a six-man rush, guy off the right side, outside, gets his hands up, puts it on the ball. The ball kind of bounces through his hands. One of his teammates fields it and <laughs> runs it for a touchdown to give them a 21 to nothing lead on Arizona. So if Utah fans, if you're out there thinking, oh, Hans is just blowing smoke. All right, well, the film I watched, it's not about blowing smoke. Scotty, you know I try to just say it how I see it on film. And San Diego State did enough against – their first game was New Mexico State. I watched a little bit of it. It was a closer game than it should have been. It ended up 28-10, to 10, and it was a little bit closer game than it should have been. But I felt like San Diego State did nothing in that game to show anything and really, really put it on the line. Against Arizona, they put it on the line and beat them 38-14. to 14. So – Utah fans, if you think I'm blowing smoke, fine, whatever. I, I don't care what you think about how I, what I think. It, it, I'm just telling you straight up that this team plays as a team. They play disciplined. Their receivers block their butts off. Their tight ends block their butts off. The, the running back runs his heart out. The quarterback, he had a touchdown in that game coming off the edge in a, in a design run play for the QB. And San Diego State is a pain in the butt. All three phases. Plain and simple. All three phases. Yeah. Very disciplined team. I think it's a team that, uh, as you mentioned, they're well – they've got an identity, and it is smash mouth, hard nose, punch you in the mouth kind of football. And they've they've had it for the last several years. Um, Brady Hoke has kind of kept the tradition going with what they've been able to do, and they've got a lot of great talent. They've got speed, they've got athleticism, but more importantly, they've got toughness. And that has been kind of a staple of what they've done over the last several years there and uh, will probably continue as well going forward. I mean, this is a, a team that is really good, that's really talented, and Utah is more talented. Utah's got better players. But if you don't come Truth. out with some – like I could – like Utah should, Utah should go down there and win this game 31-14. I really think that's in the cards for them to be able to do something like that. But if you don't go down there and you don't play. If you play uh, like you did last week. Uh, the, uh, the same way you played against BYU, San Diego State will beat you. I have, I, I, I have no issue at all saying that. Well, for instance, if you have two unacceptable turnovers like you did against BYU, you'll lose this game. Those are two unacceptable. And, yeah. and, and losing the turnover margin to nothing. You, those are unacceptable turnovers. Yeah. That if that happens against San Diego State, they'll capitalize on it. And and they'll get you, you know. And when I say unacceptable turnovers, that's a running back running with the ball loose, and that is a quarterback under a little bit of pressure overthrowing a drop off route that goes right into a safety's hands. Those those are two unacceptable turnovers. You can't have that against San Diego State. They will beat you. It is a disciplined team, and you're right. Utah's got better talent. You're absolutely right. They have better talent. But we just saw very good talent play undisciplined, non-team-like football in Provo last weekend, and and it got them. And by the way, I'm not taking anything away from BYU. I want everybody should know by now that I believe BYU wouldn't won that game. They did it by just abusing Utah in the trenches, beating them at their own game, and playing more disciplined style. 
But I also feel like Utah did not play their best game, and if they take that type of attitude and that type of performance to San Diego, then you're going to be coming out of there, and Utah fans are going to be distraught, ticked off. Everybody's going to be attacking Kyle. This team's going to attack each other, and it's going to be an ugly outcome if they don't get this ship straightened out pretty quick. Look who's here. Frank Dolce joining us. How are you? Oh, man. I am so sorry. I thought we were one to three. We did 12 to two last year. I can't even blame Lloyd for this one, although he was a little <laughs> difficult via text. <laughs> I, it's in my calendar, one to three. Let's start right out. Hey, what happened? <laughs> So please, and I didn't didn't even give me time to do my thing. I was headed down no, no, to no. do the thing. We can't do shakes anymore. No, Wait, no. Why not? Well, I mean, you, can, and I doing you can do shakes. Johnny can have shakes. Hans and I are we're trying, done. We're trying to make better life. Listen, choices. you know what? We're this trying is to what look I, like you. This is what I tell you. Don't want to do that. Yeah, we you do. Don't, uh, don't yeah, do that. this yeah, is what I, I tell people. Take off your shirt right now. <laughs> do it right now. Oh my gosh! I want to see what's underneath. <laughs> That collared shirt. Yeah. Yes, that's a good idea, Lloyd. Bring hands down a hair. <laughs> excellent suggestion. <laughs> I, here's what I tell people. Like, you know when you go out with, with friends or, I mean, Hans does this regularly. I never seem to get included in that group, but you go out, you have a nice meal, and then yeah. there's some person in that group, and they're like, well, I'm a vegan. Do you do, you know... Butter-free cooking, or I can't have bread no, because you can, you I. Can, you can have whatever. Here's you want. what I say: Don't enforce your dietary restrictions on me. That's what I said. You can have a shake. Johnny but, can have a shake. It, Hans wants a shake. I just. You know. If we're gonna have shakes, then we are no, all gonna not, have gonna, shakes. We can't. And and I wanted to be courteous and tell you that if you bring four shakes, two are are going to melt, and that's a bummer. Because you bought, such a lie. you have brought some high-end shakes in the past. I'll bring shakes, and then Hans is always like, hey, can I have some of your shake? After he eats his shake. That's, I mean, so. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Don't bring shakes. Well, we gotta I can't do, turn it down, down to we, shake. We got to do something. A, uh, well, we can continue the Pac-12 shakedown, and that is where you've been missed the most, Frank. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure. The people are talking, I'm sure. They want the Pac-12 I, shakedown. I'm sure. Well, no, honestly, I, though, all joking aside, the Pac-12 is it's a, it is it is bizarre. It is Twilight Zone. You've got teams doing things that we haven't seen, and then you've got teams that are absolutely an, a national embarrassment. What is happening with Washington? Like, there's, that's a team that's super talented. Is Jimmy Lake just not the guy at Washington? And by the way, I thought their offensive game plan uh, a week ago was it was awful. It was yeah. terrible to watch that. Uh, and then, and then Chip Kelly did he did he, has he gotten it figured out at UCLA? Looks did he like just it. get it figured out all of a sudden. Clay Helton, that deal. I mean, that's been. I mean, you knew how that was. Yeah, coming. you knew that was coming, and uh, and I like their. By the way, there's interesting stuff about their new guy, what Williams. Do you mean? Well, you know. Oh, where, you're the, the interim. Yeah, you know where he went to high school. I do not. Culver City High School. Your high school. That's my high school. Well, and the high school of Derek Deese, 
he'll tell you it's his high school and the high school of Carnell Lake. Okay. Who was a great UCLA Bruin yeah. and Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers. So yeah. he's a Culver High guy, huh? Yeah. This new interim. And an El Camino guy. He coached at El Camino, too. So uh, one other team that you did not mention, Mario Cristobal. <laughs> okay, so Mario Cristobal now has a full recruiting cycle. Yes. And they got probably the most impressive win right now in the Pac-12. With Ohio State? Yeah. I that The way that they managed that game, I just thought there was no chance uh, – with the, the losses on the defensive side, the guys who weren't able to play on the defensive side, that they were going to stand toe-to-toe. Seven of them, weren't there? With Ohio State. Seven, man. But, you know, here's the other thing is I've never been a Ryan Day guy. So Cristobal's in his full recruiting cycle now. So is Day at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to mm-hmm. see if Ohio State starts to go downward trend. I've never been a Ryan Day guy. And, and so it feels to me like maybe this day was kind of coming for him. I, 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 <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I didn't even mean it. Pun intended? Yeah, no. no. So, uh, yeah, but the Pac-12 is, who knows what the Pac-12 is. I wonder how the Pac-12 feels about Utah losing to BYU. Because Scotty and I talked about this pregame. It, it was a big game for the Pac-12. Utah needed to be undefeated. Yeah. It was a big Utah game. needed to be undefeated, and USC needed to be undefeated when they met week five for Utah and week six for USC. Yeah. That would have been a huge crescendo for the Pac-12. Instead, could, they both lose. Could have been. So now you, they, Pac-12 again has to change the, change the narrative. This is, that's the, it's the thing about USC. Like USC, no offense to Stanford, but USC just shouldn't lose to Stanford especially at the at the Coliseum. When you take talent for talent, it's just that shouldn't that shouldn't happen. I know it's a good matchup. Matchup wise it's good for for Stanford, but it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. And uh and I just don't think that Utah uh should perform the way that they performed against BYU. I think that's a I mean that's a nice BYU football team. I think it's a beatable BYU football team. And, and Utah didn't show in that game in the areas where they are typically pretty good. And I know that you've talked about it a lot. I've been listening to your thoughts on it. I feel the same way. Like, right up front, you just got punched in the mouth. No, like, adjustments didn't happen on the offensive side. I swear that blitz, that delayed blitz... With the looping linebacker, yeah. that was Jay Hill. That was Weber State did yeah. that against the, Utah. It, yeah, it's, it's the weak side linebacker comes yeah. off, the, off the edge. And, and BYU did that how many, four or five times? And Utah never adjusted to it. And that caused Brewer all sorts of concerns. I mean, it's just the Utah lost the game in ways that they just don't lose the game. Turnovers, mental mistakes up front, getting pushed around at the line of scrimmage on the defensive side. Hey, Scott, if you don't mind, I'll throw a tease out because I think that this is where we need to start because we haven't got Frank's full take on this rivalry game. I need your take. How does Brewer against Weber State crack the blitz? And then against BYU, looks like he's never seen a blitz in his life. I, I need to know that. And you brought up Washington's game plan offensively. Utah's offensive game plan against BYU. I, I'm still scratching my head. Still just sitting there scratching my head. So, We've got a lot we got to get into, but we'll start with Brewer 
coming up. Get to that next, 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Utah tight end Cole Fotheringham with us. You guys put the rivalry game behind you quite yet? You moving on to San Diego State? Yes, sir. We got the film in this morning. We're going to make the corrections, and now our focus is on uh, San Diego State. Coaches like to use these situations as teaching moments. What did you see that stood out to you as a needing improvement? I think that, you know, as a team, we came out maybe a little too confident, and BYU had a great game plan, and they played a great game. They gave it to us, so all the respect to those guys, and we learned from our mistakes, and now we're ready to get after the next opponent. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Ute Preview Show with Hanson Scotty. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Your youth preview show, breaking down Utah football. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard. More importantly, though, Frank Dolce is with us. Hey, make sure to join us. Uh, we will be at the University Federal, uh, Federal Credit Union grand opening of their Lehigh Meadowbrook branch coming up on Monday. We'll be there from 10 to 2, 101 North, 1200 East in Lehigh. Shocker, we're down in Utah County. Shocker. Well, <laughs> shocker. It's about time because we're never that way. <gasps> Ever. We're always in Bite your tongue. By the way, I feel terrible. I just feel Don't terrible. Don't feel terrible. And, and did you see, I felt like I was 15 years old and I came home past my curfew and my dad was waiting there as I walked in. Did you see the look on oh, Scotty's yeah. face? It was so horrible. You like, knew that look was coming. I wasn't was mad. So... I was just disappointed. Oh. <laughs> you knew that look was coming. Oh. It's all right. I hope that's what Whittingham did to his team when they walked into the locker room. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Um, I want to talk. I'm so sorry, Scotty. I'm so sorry. Hey, you know what? We'll get through it. We're all good. (laughs) Do I give off a disappointing look? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Super fatherly. Can you you teach me that? Well, my own kids don't care, so let's not be working on them. You you had an earlier moment with Lloyd, and if Lloyd could have seen your look, Lloyd would have quickly repaired things. Yeah, I heard it. I heard the look. I heard the look. You can actually, Scotty. You not only do you have a look, you've got a tone in your voice that gives the look. Uh, stop yeah. it! No, I do not. Yes, I have. Hey, a, could you give that tone? I have and a very to Lloyd for me lately. I, I, I have that same thing. <laughs> do I have like resting, disappointed face? Like, <laughs> no, man. RDF. Yeah. <laughs> I think for the most part, I think you're pleased. Just you know, the eight percent of times when Frank's late. <laughs> Well, that's more like 75%. <laughs> that's super unfair. Hey, uh, Frank, I want to yeah. I want to understand. Help me understand how a quarterback, because, you know, going into that game, remember you and I were talking about it, mm-hmm. analyzing and saying, well, mm-hmm. if BYU brings the pressure, Charlie's breaking pressures. Mm-hmm. So how does a quarterback from one week crack pressure to the next week cracking under the pressure? <laughs> he gets pressured in the first throw he makes is over the top to it. You saw just a, just yeah. a little – what was it, maybe an eight-yard button hook? Yeah. And he overthrows it? Yeah. Under pressure, I mean. Under pressure, yeah. There was a blitz that came. I think it was a five-man pressure, and, and he overthrows it and ends up with an interception. And, and that was consistent through the night. The pressures got to him. So well, Why then and not against Weber State? I think there's one big element that uh, 
affected that, uh, and that was lack of preparation. I don't think, and I'm not saying he didn't prepare for the game. I'm saying that he didn't prepare for the pressure package. It seemed unusual the amount of pressure that BYU brought. It was much more frequent. Brought in that game. You're 100% right. So when I look back on this game, and you know, I'm a huge fan of Coach Whittingham. Like, he's the right guy Mm -hmm. in the right spot. And for all the people who think, let's go out and replace Whittingham, you're dumb. That's just an, that's a ridiculous thing to say. In this particular game, Utah as a staff got out coached. Like the way that BYU prepared for that game did not align with the way Utah was preparing for that game, offensively and defensively. I thought Aaron Roderick did a fantastic job. Very creative on the offensive side. Um, and, and physically they were, they were better in lots of, of parts of that game and and then on the defensive side they managed it differently than i'm talking about byu managed it differently than they have in the past and leading up to this football game so creativity on the defensive side that i just don't think utah was prepared for the 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 hard part to take about that was i didn't where were the adjustments yeah yep when when did utah make the adjustments like Utah needed to get more creative offensively, do something to slow down the blitz. But the, the tough thing about that, Frank, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen it, watched it again, the tough thing about that was you'd get three blitzes in a row and then you'd get two rush threes, drop eights, and mm-hmm. then you'd get a four-man rush and then, and then six, and then five, and then five, and then six. And mm-hmm. it's like it was all over the place, which might not play well against some offenses, but – what Utah was attempting to do, everything, it just played right into it. There, yeah, there, and there's great familiarity between these staffs, like Aaron Roderick Itouyaki. and Tuiaki know oh, yeah. these guys. They've coached against them. They've coached with them. And, and so uh, I'm not saying that Utah got complacent in this one, but Utah's typical game plan uh, I, BYU managed it better. Yeah. So the question I want to ask you is, is this was – because, look, you know, Hans and I, we hope to do five great shows a week. Oh, chances are we're going to do one, and then we're going to have a stinker, and then what we do the other three days of the week is going to determine how good of a job we have. So there's going to be days where you just don't play well, mm-hmm. and, and that happens, and that may have been the case on Saturday. Do you think that was the case, or is there – some cracks in the cement and the foundation that you have you concerned about the rest of the season with Utah. So there's one thing I think we need to consider. And, and we actually had someone who just sent this text in uh, about the Utah culture and the number of transfers that are playing significant roles on this football team. You know, I think that's an interesting question. Have the transfers, uh, been able to take on the culture of Utah football and the culture of Coach Whittingham, which, you know, this blue-collar, yeah. pack-your-lunch-pail kind of mentality. I think that's an interesting question. Um, and maybe that takes a few games to develop that culture because typically it's guys in the program for several years. They understand the work ethic and what it me- preparation means each week and how the system runs. And so I think that's something to – I think that's something to think about. Are there cracks in the foundation? Well, here's how I would respond to that. I think this is a sound the alarm moment for Utah. Like, 
this is a game that Utah should have figured out how to win, and they didn't. Yeah. And there are clear there were, there were clear issues in this game. So as you come back into training on Monday, it I hope that there's a heightened sense of intensity about how you prepare yourself weekly for football games. Because we've heard on and on about how much talent there is on this team, um, the depth of talent on this team, and the physicality of this football team that didn't show up. And if that doesn't show up against San Diego State, then Utah's going to have a real problem. So I think it's I think it is like sound the alarms this week yeah. and get that figured out. Not necessarily panic, but no. but <laughs> no. but but you got some stuff to fix. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you have some stuff to fix. Well, and there's two things to fix. There's the mental issues I think Hans has talked about a little bit, and we could talk about more at the offensive line, and I have questions for you about that. Um, and, but then there's this, like, there's this toughness, physicality thing that I think you have to fix. That we don't have to talk about a lot. Yeah. But, I, I haven't had to talk about in the past a lot, but definitely right. need yeah. to address now. But yeah. it goes to the bigger question of, you know, sometimes you lose a game and you're like, okay, they were better than us, we're not very good, and you can't – this isn't the NFL. You can't sign free agents. It's not the NBA. You can't make a trade in the middle of the season. You mm-hmm. are who you are this year, and you can't fix it right now. You can just hope to play better. I don't think that's the case with Utah. I just think – there's some stuff to clean up. I don't think it's a talent level. I don't think it's any of that. I just think yeah. they got some stuff to clean up. Yeah. I don't think it's talent level. I think there's guys, and we've identified guys, like, you know, Brant Keith, he should touch the ball 15 times a game. He's a game changer. There's, there's things that need to be done for sure, but I, th- I think there's talent available. Okay, with that being said, though, I'm going to throw a butt in there because I think you've got talent that feels like they're um, – Entitled? I'll say, no, I'll say thick scold. Okay. Guys that you've told a hundred times and guys that aren't fixing it, that, that are talented but aren't fixing it. Is this? There's one offensive lineman in particular. Okay, that's and, exactly where I was going. And there's one running back in particular. You can't have two given fumbles and another one that was, uh, uh, what, like a millimeter away yeah, from his so knee close. touching mm-hmm. the ground and it being down. That should have been his third fumble. Mm-hmm. And he's a good talent, and Utah wants to use him. But now, how does Kyle Whittingham look at a guy like Tavian Thomas, who's put the – he won't accept that. Mm-mm. I was surprised he came back in the game, to be honest, after that fumble. I was very surprised. But to Scotty's point, it's like, yeah, there, you're right. There are, there's talent. And, yeah, they've got to overcome some things. But now you've got a couple of games sample size, and you've got camp. And, by the way, some of these things have been seen in camp, but it's like, okay, well, he's so good. There, there's so much talent. Let's make sure you don't do that in a game. And some of these things are presenting in a game. Is the issue at the offensive line to the point where you just have to bite the bullet and make a change? Or do you, is it fixable? I think it's fixable. I think it's fixable. And it, I mean, like we've heard, so Utah goes for it on fourth and two, which I thought was gutsy, 
gutsy call. It's gutsy, but I'm still okay with the thought of going for it. For sure. But there's – it sounds like on the offensive front, there was not just one mistake made, but three mistakes made on that play of people not going the right way. And if they had, then that's a very manageable I – mean, you mean you pick up the first down. You pick it up probably pretty easy. That's, I mean, that just doesn't seem to ha- – how, how, how do you fix that? So, oh, is it, so is you, it? you'd heard that there, there were three I, – I knew that there was one mental well, error. Well, m- the one leading into others making errors on that play. Okay. I, I, to me, the zone read on fourth and two down by the goal line, I just can't stand it. If you're going to go and go – go for the fourth either come downhill like a hammer mm-hmm. or go outside and and do something in a play action look roll outside and extend and buy your time yeah that close to the goal line yeah i don't like a draw read style where you're giving defensive linemen a chance to get a little bit of push Th- their center on on the three down linemen in the middle got about a half yard maybe a yard push but you needed two yards push so yeah even if that's a downhill play, I don't know if it was going to get there. But if that's blocked right, maybe there's a back backside cut that that they could have found. I don't mind them going for it, but having guys have mental errors in that moment. Yeah, that's the issue. You know, Frank, you you remember go go back to your playing time. Those plays that you roll on the field with offensively when you need it, you know that play inside and out. You know it. You know your steps. You know your timing. You don't try to you don't you don't try to draw a count. You don't do anything. No, no, you no, just, no, no. You go you to the line, line up, you know what you're doing. And you execute. And you execute it. It's the it's your go to. Like that was a go to play moment. For that's what, Utah, that's what I'm, I'm, and I'm if that's the go-to, yeah, if that's the go-to, then how do you get minimum one error, maximum three mental errors on that particular play? So anyway, that's why I don't coach, man. That's so that's the that's the issue. Utah now has to figure out how to clean that up. This is a very talented San Diego State football team, and they play like a Big Ten style football under under Brady Hogue. Yeah. I, this is a this is a big challenge. Yeah. This isn't like a tune-up game. No. This is a big challenge You're for right. Utah this week. 100% right. They just put it on Arizona. Just put it, it on. It was over at halftime. Yeah. yeah, they just dominated in every fashion. And Arizona played really well. I mean, not really well, but they, they, they hung in there with BYU down mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. And San Diego State was going to have none of that. Nope. All right. 1246, Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, Frank Dolce. It's your U Preview Show. We're live here at Tim Daly Infinity. All kinds of jazz gear available for you. Stop by, grab some gear. Let's go. It's all right here on the Zone Sports Network. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. After a disappointing loss in the Holy War, the Utes look to rebound as they hit the road to square off against an old Mountain West Conference rival in San Diego State. Catch the Ute pregame show Saturday at 4 with a postgame show immediately following the game on the Zone Sports Network. Ah! From Monday morning to the postgame press conference. 
Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All Utes, all the time. This is your Ute Preview Show with Hanson Scotty on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, Hanson Scotty, 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. As we are live here at Tim Daly Infinity, we want you to come by here. Uh, you know, a lot of people out there think you have to look like Frank Dolce to drive an Infinity, <laughs> or you need to be in the tax bracket of Frank Dolce oh to drive gosh. an Infinity. That's not the case. You can come down here. They've got 0% financing on some models. They've got a great used inventory. They've got lease options. You can drive an Infinity, and you will automatically become a better person if you drive an Infinity. People will respect you. Your kids will listen to you more. Are you driving an Infinity now? Uh-huh. That's what I thought. I don't know. Yeah. Speaking of being in a category, I mean, once you reach this level. But you don't have to be at this level to drive an Infinity. You You can be at (laughs) my level and still drive it. If anything, I am proof positive. Does your vanity plate say Scotty G or I'm Scotty G? No. Or this is Scotty G or Scotty G here? No, no, none of that. Or voice of the Aggies? It doesn't say Big Boss either. Nope, none of that. Boss man. If Look, I could, if I could say lover, if I could put writer of hands coattails, oh, on so license plate, I would do that. Gosh, I think that's too many characters. I know. I think so. <laughs> oh gosh! But don't we all fit into yeah. that category? Oh my yeah. gosh! By the way, he has broad shoulders. I mean, he can carry all of us. He does every and day. He does from two from ten to two. I wouldn't. Don't turn does. this on to me. This is on Frank. Frank was late to the show today. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, don't. Let's all remind don't. everybody. Hey, uh, so, Frank. Yes. I know that we talked a little bit about the Pac-12. I just want to, because this is our typical Pac-12 shakedown segment, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, I think oh, it, it is. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. we've got over-unders that are coming up, and we've, we've got a busy uh, final hour of the show. So, is UCLA for real? Is because we had UCLA was on a bye week. We we had a sample size of a big win against was it LSU. Yep, and then a, a very small win against Hawaii. They're two zero. They went on a bye week. Is you asked us? Is Chip Kelly back? Is he figuring this out? Chip Kelly is an intelligent man. He built a system that revolutionized a lot of what you do on a football field. And has he built something new? Is UCLA figuring this out? Is Doyen something special at the quarterback? Is is this his third year or his fourth as the starting quarterback, Dorian? Oh, Scotty, is this a super senior year? I, it's a, I don't know. I but think he's been there a long time. Three, four years. Give me, I was, give me a second. I here. was not. I was not very high on him when he started, but 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 when you've been Chip there, Chip Kelly for, stuck with him, and now he looks like making good decisions. Making I mean, really good decisions. This is technically his fourth year. Uh, he threw for 1,300 yards his freshman year. Next year, 2,700. Last year in the shortened year, uh, he was the guy with 1,100 yards. And this year, I mean, these, it, when you have a quarterback who's got even remote amount of ability, but he's there and starting for you for four years. That's a long time to be some opportunities. Yeah. Chip's been with him all four, correct? Yes. yes. Yeah. He's 
Kelly started him well, early. Well, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. And Scotty, uh, I was obviously not paying close enough attention. So Pac-12 media days, where was UCLA in the amount of returners? Because I thought UCLA would have had a high amount of super seniors and returners. I think they brought a lot of – like most people, they brought a ton of people back. They mm-hmm. got a ton of people yeah. back. Yep. So maybe that's playing a role, but I'm trying to figure out – is UCLA the top of the Pac-12 South division right now? Oh, I'd put them at the top of the South. Yeah, I don't think there's any question they're the top of the South right now. I, I'm, I'm not sure Arizona State has been super impressive in their they just haven't played anybody two wins. It, they'll they'll get a better test this weekend. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, them. Yeah, uh, but to your point on UCLA, they're playing Fresno. Fresno was within a touchdown of Oregon. Yep. And so that, or, that was Oregon a, had to come back to yeah, win. That was a 31-24 game. Fresno and San Diego State are two really good teams in the Mountain West. And uh, and so you've got Fresno State who's going to play UCLA in the Rose Bowl and UCLA's an 11-point favorite. You think Fresno keeps that close? I think Fresno <sighs> If UCLA is for real, they'll blow them out. They'll blow no, them out. They'll beat them by three scores. Blow Two touchdowns out. on a field goal. Yeah. I'm just saying, okay, we would have said the same thing about Oregon, though, right? Oregon beats – Oregon goes to the horseshoe and beats Ohio State, but they've got to hold on like crazy against Fresno. That's true. First game, weird. That's weird true. Weird stuff. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, I would say that I'm buying UCLA right now. I think they're the, I think they're the leader in the South Division. I would take them over, based on this very small sample size, I would put UCLA right on top. Man. That's a In the division. Call. In the division. Yeah. In the division. Because right now you've got Oregon who's – in fact, if, yeah, I'm Oregon's the rest, the... if I'm the rest of the Pac-12, you just lay over and play dead for Oregon. <laughs> Go get that money. Let them get in the college football playoff. Well, the, yes. I mean, the, 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 the Pac-12, it, they – they need to. They need to have somebody in the they, conversation. Exactly. It. I mean, with Washington and SC and Oregon, you should have one of those teams in the conversation yeah. every year. Because you know Oregon's going to go and lose to Washington State or some like. Oh crap! Oh yeah. Here and we, we go. just screwed ourselves again. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, if I'm if I'm the commissioner. You know, I'm not telling anybody to do anything, but I'm just, I might just say to, you know, a, a crew that's going to be refing a game, man, wouldn't it be great if Oregon found its way into the, into the playoff picture? Wouldn't that be fantastic? Or all of a sudden there's for new, all of us, there's new COVID testing policies for <laughs> every, team. every team playing against Oregon. <laughs> Yeah, if, right. If you have known uh, somebody in the last year and a half that had COVID, <laughs> you are going to have to sit out this game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I guess, I guess, you know, who knows? Maybe UCLA could make that run. I don't know. That's a that's a pretty good football team. Um, so, you know what's funny? I predicted USC doing exactly what USC just did, and I, and I, I did really, too. I feel really good about it. Like USC is yeah. a joke. USC is a joke. How can that happen? They're just a have you listened to have joke. you listened to any of their uh, uh, stuff with their with their AD recently about how they're going to manage this and USC tradition and 
what they're going to do to get football back on track. It kind of, he's been on he's been on the job what eighteen months. Uh-huh. It kind of sounds like he's saying the right things, um, and maybe he will figure out how to get USC where it needs to be. But USC should just be. I mean, that's that's they get all the talent. They should dominate the south they should dominate that division well i think somebody needs to make a phone call when the jaguars are zero and eight to start the season you say urban like (laughs) saban felled in the nfl like there's a lot of guys that have felled in the nfl come on back and trevor lawrence has two years of eligibility bring him with you he didn't he didn't look very good this past weekend (laughs) that's for sure but urban's already said there's no way he's going back to which means he's coming back which means fight on hey Hey, frank you know kyle whittingham better than any any of us uh his name's always going to be rumored in the usc cycle yeah and we've seen his name we saw kalani's name this wasn't us this is a couple of national writers that have brought this up but kyle's name is always in that cycle could you see let's say kyle is their first call or their second call and they offer the job to him could you see Kyle taking that job at 61? He'll be 62 next month. Or, well, 62, month, 62 in November. A lot of heavy lifting there. I, I could so. see how that job would be very appealing. And I could see how... The money would be big, but he's leaving his legacy. Yeah, and I, I could also see how... Um, like, it, it's much more likely... It would be much more likely for Coach Whittingham to make a national championship run at a USC. I'm not saying he couldn't do it at Utah, but it would be more likely to happen at a USC. Yeah, because voters give you the benefit of doubt. Yeah. So, and I think his style, like, if he wants to beat you up at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, if he wants to run the ball downhill, um, if he wants to dominate on the defensive side, like those are his characteristics, you could he could do that really well with the talent available at USC. I just don't think it's in his makeup to go to USC. It like doesn't it, seem it do, like it, does. it doesn't seem like timing wise. It doesn't seem like it fits him personality wise. So I think I would say it would be very enticing. I would be surprised if he. If he got that call, if he said, yeah, let's do this. Do you let's, think he's a candidate? Sure. Uh, he's sure. got to be. Yeah. I mean, you got – I mean, there's too much reputation. There's too much uh, – that would be – honestly, too, Kyle gets a lot of love on the national scene. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we here in Utah, we always have this persecution complex, like everybody hates us and nobody likes Utah and nobody pays attention. Kyle is beloved on the national scene. And I think that would actually be a splash higher for USC. Pull him from another Pac-12. From yeah. a division yeah. rival? Yeah. Well, SC's talking. I mean, this is SC. We're going to go talk to Whittingham. We're going to go talk to Cristobal. I mean, they're going to yeah. pull from the very best in uh, in the in the. Pac- How do you think Chris Pac-12? Peterson would do there at USC? Uh, Chris Peterson's a winner. Yeah. And... With those but resources, he's a nonsense but you like gotta Helton, be a little. Though. You gotta have a little Hollywood in you, though. He, he, he's more Helton. You than... mean you mean Snoop's not going to be hanging out on the sideline with Chris? Well, Peterson? you have to. You, well, you have to allow for some of that I if you're going to be the coach. Well, Chris at USC. Peterson wouldn't do it. Do you think? I don't know. I I kind of think it comes with the job. Like I've heard some of his background in recruiting, and like he's he's a tight, restrictive guy. Yeah, he's. But there is. He doesn't like a lot of the showtime. 
there's a lot of talent. Man, there's a lot of talent available there. I I, I don't know. I, I don't think Chris Peterson would do it. So, Scotty, how many four – like, right now at USC, it's packed with four and five stars, right? If they've got yeah. as many four – probably as many four or five stars – in the west part of the United States is anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at your ability to bring in the four and fives as compared to what Kyle Whittingham has got, Kyle might have one five and, like, four fours. Mm. Maybe. Maybe, maybe yeah. like, a three and a half somewhere in there. Yeah, like, like, there's not there's not a lot of, not a lot of big names, right? No. USC, it's everywhere. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Another, there's just another high school All-American. So what does Kyle Whittingham do with, let's say, 14 four-stars and five five-stars? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Is like he's Not that I'm a big fan of the star system. Well, yeah. but I do think that was a little bit of the evolution of Kyle Whittingham as a coach to learn how to handle. Uh, because you can get a kid from Delta, Utah, to come in and run through a wall for you and, and, and be great. Uh, but when you get a kid that's a four, you know, high four-star – and you tell him, I need you to do this. He's like, no, maybe, I don't do that. Maybe his culture doesn't work there. I yeah. mean, that's, but that's I, a very but I, good point. But I do think he's evolved, though. And I think players, I mean, you get guys like Jalen Johnson who comes in and goes, Coach, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be here for three years. I'm going to the NFL. Yeah. And Kyle's like, all right, well, then let's get you there. Right. And and it ends up going right to script. So maybe he's gotten better in that regard. So to your point, did you see the uh, thing that Sean Salisbury sent out I, th- I don't want a text from sean salisbury <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a text oh okay good <laughs> about about what uh what usc needs to hire in their next head coach because it's very much aligned with what you're talking about he's he's saying like look it'd be great to go find a guy that's all about usc tradition and honor and you know yeah all the Heisman trophies that we have, but he's like, kids today are more interested in the 56 different uniform combinations that Oregon wears than they are about USC tradition. So you're going to have to go find a guy that, that knows how to manage that. Well, we are getting into a day and age now where it's the name, image, and likeness. Who's bringing me money? Where can I make money? USC, you're going to make money. (laughs) You're going to make money. Yeah. Make money. All right, Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, 1280 The Zone with Frank Dolce. It's your Ute preview show right here on The Zone Sports Network.